Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the American Tennis Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. Wow, well it's the US Open, starts tomorrow, can you guys believe that? It snuck up on me, I don't know about you guys, but all of a sudden I was like, what, the US Open starts tomorrow? Wow, that uh, US Open series just flew by with Cincinnati, Winston-Salem, Rogers Cup, all of that. So before we get to the U.S. Open, which starts tomorrow, we will be doing a lot of podcasts once that begins, recapping big American matches that will be happening. Finally back in the U.S., it feels good. So much of the tour throughout the year is overseas and elsewhere. It feels good to have some tournaments here in the U.S. on times that kind of make sense to us and we're not watching matches at 3 a.m. So should be a good opportunity to watch a lot of matches here with the U.S. Open starting tomorrow. Let's do a quick recap of Cincy and Winston-Salem, just see how the Americans are doing heading into the U.S. Open. And they did pretty well going back to Cincinnati. I mean, Tiafa won that match that we previewed against Monfils, 7-6-6-3. Two of the more athletic players on tour. I love to see Tiafa win that match. That's a match that if he's really going to seize that next be the face of American tennis and really start to get going. Those are matches he needs to start to be able to win. And similarly to Taylor Fritz, he did lose his first round match in Cincinnati. A little disappointing. He lost to David Goffin, 6-4 in the third set. It's a good match, 6-4, 4-6, 6-4. But same with Tiafo. If Fritz is really going to lead the charge and take that banner of American tennis and run with it, those are matches he needs to start winning. And he's always competing. He's staying in them. But just a few times that it's just like, Oh, he's right there. Just needs to get over that hurdle. David Goffin, a great player, obviously. He was the 16th seed in that tournament. So you like to see Fritz compete. But back here in America on the hard courts, this is really where we need to start seeing the Americans, particularly the young Americans, start to pull out some of these wins over good players. Like I said, especially on hard court where it's so suited to their game, which is the big serve, the big forehands. That's where they can really thrive. Gets a little tougher on clay when you're playing Spaniards and other people where they're just taught to grind and push from the baseline and, you know, they're going to outlast some of our guys like Isner who gets by on his serve and, you know, the longer the point goes, it doesn't necessarily favor the Americans. So we'll hope for a strong U.S. Open. The rest of Cincinnati went about how you would expect it. Sam Query lost to Djokovic, gave him a good first set, lost 7-5, and then second set 6-1. Um, I was a little disappointed by this one. Second round, John Isner lost to Karenno Busta, and that's kind of exactly what I'm talking about, a match that heading into the U.S. Open, John really needs to win that. With his serve on hard court, should not be losing to a Spaniard. I mean, Karenno Busta is a grinder, a great player, but on clay, sure, I'll give the advantage to Busta on that one. On hard court, I, I really feel Isner needs to win that match. Again, 7-6 in the third set, he lost it. 8-6 in the tiebreaker, so it's right there. It's not like he's getting blown out, but... 31 aces for Isner versus one ace for Pablo Carreno Busta. That's a match you need to win, Isner. So hopefully heading into the U.S. Open, he'll be able to pull those out. Um, let's see, what else happened? Kyrgios, I feel like, has actually been underperforming uh, recently. He lost second round of Cincinnati to Kachanov, 6-2 in the third set. Kyrgios is just, you know how he is. It's just such a wild card. He can beat anyone or he can lose to anyone. You just, you know, you never know what you're getting with him on any given day, but... I did see some of the people at the New York uh, U.S. Open in New York are telling him to tone down the act, um, antics ahead of play starting this week. So it'll be interesting if he takes that to heart or if he just continues doing what he does. Um, this is a guy I'm actually excited for and I think is going to have a good U.S. Open. He's been proving pretty worthy lately, playing well. Riley Opelka, the huge <laughs> John Isner's replacement, I like to call him, coming up. The young American, very tall, huge serve. He lost to uh, Alex de Menard, the Australian, who's actually been playing some good tennis. He beat Fritz a couple 
couple months ago in a tournament in a final to win it. But Opelka lost him 7-6, 6-4, competed with him. I really do look for Opelka to run with the ball and take it. I really think he could have a good U.S. Open. We'll get to the good U.S. Open draw or to the U.S. Open draws in a minute, but I think he has a pretty favorable draw and could do some damage. So overall, Cincinnati went you know a, a little underwhelming. We didn't have any American men in the quarterfinals, which was a little surprising. On the women's side, we did have Madison Keys win it. That was awesome to see. She's been playing really well. It'll be good to see her going into the U.S. Open, playing on her home courts back in New York. Uh, she spends a lot of time out there, so hopefully she can do some damage out there. But congrats to Keys on winning that as the 16th seed. Not easy to do. She's been playing some good tennis of late. She beat Kuznetsova 7-5-7-6 in the finals, took out Sophia Kennan in the semifinals, a fellow American. Unfortunate that they met in the semis. Could have been an All-American final, which we would have liked to have seen. But Venus made it to the quarters. You know, we had three women in the quarterfinals. Kennan knocked out Osaka. She had to retire in the third set. But Kennan's been playing some good tennis. And quite frankly, the American women actually have been playing really well. We'll do a separate podcast on that coming up. But I have to say the American women have been doing really well in some cases, even actually better than the men. So let's look to Winston-Salem Open. That's the tournament that happened this last week. And a couple things to report. Um, This tournament was a little better for the Americans. We had Steve Johnson make it to the semifinals, which was awesome. He had some good wins along the way. He lost to the one seed, Benoit Pair, 6-0 in the third set. But making it to the semifinals right before the U.S. Open, pretty big confident boost for Steve, and he's going to need it going into the tournament because he plays Nick Kyrgios in the first round of the U.S. Open. But we'll get to that later because that is going to be, for at least for the first round matches I saw when I was glancing, one that I'm going to circle. But congrats to Steve. I talked you know, a few podcasts about it. I thought he was disappointing a little bit through the grass and clay season, but he's really stepped it up here back on hard courts and has been playing really well. So Got to make sure to give him some credit for that. Nice semifinal appearance. Tiafo as well. He made it to the quarterfinals. Lost in a third set, 6-1, unfortunately. But he had some good wins along the way. And I have to say, Tiafo really has impressed me with what he's been doing. He beat, well, Krajinovic retired. But before that, he did have some good wins. Really, Steve Johnson, though, was the one. I mean, he beat Casper Ruud, who was the 12 seed in the round of 16, which was an awesome win. Sam Query beat Rublev, or I'm sorry, Query lost to Rublev 7-6, 7-6 in a really tight match, but we don't mind that. We like to see Query fighting, and he's been playing pretty well of late. Um, Sangren lost to Shapovalov, the two seed. Not unexpected. Sangren's a grinder, but he's he's had a hard time taking out those top-level opponents up until this point in his career, so... We haven't seen him really break through to that next barrier yet. Not to say that he couldn't do it, that it can't happen. I do hope it happens. And he's always a tough, tough out. Him and Dennis Kudla both are always kind of who I think of just like scrappy, gritty American players who are never going to go down without a fight, which I love. Um, but yeah, this was really the Winston-Salem was the tournament of Steve Johnson, really. He beat Daniel Evans, the five seed in the first round, which was awesome. And then had a couple good wins after that. Casper Rude, 6-2, 7-6 in the round of 16. Awesome for him. And uh, yeah, it was good to see. We really did. I loved that. It was good to see him make the semifinals. And that brings us to the main event, the U.S. Open, which starts tomorrow. Let's look through. Bradley Klon playing someone from Brazil, Tiago Montero in the first round. Klon's always a tough out. Love that. Ooh, this is a good one. Kudla and Tipsarevich. I was saying a second ago how Kudla's always scrappy. <laughs> one of the few players scrappier than him is Tipsarevich. That guy's been grinding for a while. Serb, that'll be a... That'll be an interesting match. I really like to see that one. That one's tomorrow at 8 a.m. Um, if you're up early, that would probably be a good one to circle to watch because Kudla can surprise a lot of people and do well. 
another people that I, another guy that I really think is going to surprise people, like I said earlier, Riley Opelka, that tall serving American youngster. I mean, he was playing the junior circuit when I was playing, so I remember his name. It's crazy to see him on there doing so well. It's awesome. But he plays Fabio Fognini the first round, and Fognini's had a sneaky good year. He's actually the 11 seed. But Fognini, again, like Kyrgios, is just one of those guys that if you get him on the wrong day, he's just a little mentally mentally questionable, a little unstable with his antics on the court, his behavior, you know. He's been known to tank and just throw in the towel when he's not feeling it on any given day. And I can see Opelka really frustrating him with that huge serve, big forehand combo. If he can get a couple breaks in there, good return games, I could see Fognini really getting rattled by that. And I don't know. I, I'd like to circle that first round matchup. 9.15 a.m. on Monday morning. Opelka, Fognini. That, um, so far, that's the match that intrigues me the most, I would say, to this point. Um, Query plays a couple after hours after that at 11. He plays Juan Ignacio Landero. It's like Argentinian guy. Again, on hard courts, that's a match you expect Query to win. I really hope that the Americans, especially with some favorable first-round matchups. I mean, Marcos Garone, a guy from UCLA, is playing Yoshihito Nishioka in the first round, Japanese player. Garone's very capable of winning that. Obviously, he had an incredible college career at UCLA. Jack Sock, who's a name I haven't heard too much of this year, honestly, after he's been, he was doing so well a couple years back, obviously won a Grand Slam doubles uh, with Pospisil, but he, I don't know, I haven't heard much about him this year. He plays Pablo Cuevas in the first round, again, winnable matchup, someone who's not necessarily the strongest hardcourt player or somewhere where Jack Sock thrives. That's a match I'd look for him to win, and then this was interesting. Taylor Fritz ended up getting seeded at the major, which is awesome. He's the 26th seed. And this is actually an intriguing matchup as well. They play first round, 2 o'clock p.m. on Monday. This is another watch. I would another match I would really encourage you to watch. Taylor Fritz versus Feliciano Lopez. Now, Lopez has been around forever. He's a Spaniard, very crafty lefty doubles player. Still playing deceptively sneaky good tennis at his age. I mean, that is going to be a tough that is a tough first round matchup for Taylor. Again, on hardcourt, I have to give Fritz the edge. I mean, he's been training on hardcourt all of his life. Lopez, a great clay court player, obviously. Tricky first-round matchup, especially for a seed. There's some guys in there that definitely have favorable matchups who aren't seeded. But I really do think Fritz should win that match. And like I said, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but if he's really going to take this mantle and American tennis and run with it, you know, and eventually be a top 10 player. He's already top 30. He just, a first round matchup against Feliciano Lopez has to be a match that you win. You think about guys like Djokovic, Nadal, Murray, you know, they're salivating over a Feliciano Lopez first round matchup. Not that he's not a great player. Of course he is, but you look at the women's side and you see Serena Williams playing Sharapova first round. That's a match where both of them are like, really? That's a first round matchup. That's the thing with injuries in tennis. If you're not seated, you just never know who you're going to draw in that first round matchup. It just gets really tough. And that's why it's so important to stay healthy and keep your ranking up where you're able to play guys that you like your odds of beating in a first round matchup and get a favorable draw. But going through the draw some more, Isner, 14 seed. Great for him. Good to see him rank that highly. Good to see him healthy again going into the hardcourt season. We love that. He's playing Guillermo Garcia Lopez, a Spaniard. Again, we just talked about it the last tournament. He did lose to somebody who wasn't really a great hardcourt player. So we'll see how that one turns out. But I really do expect to see Isner beat Garcia Lopez in his first round. I, I really hope so. That match will be on Tuesday at 9.15. So you got a couple days on that one. And then this was pretty crazy to me. Some, uh, some familiar names back from junior tennis showing up in the draw. Ernesto Escobedo is playing... Uh, 
uh, Chung Hyun uh, from looks like South Korea, and that is insane to me because Escobedo was he's around my age was playing in the juniors when I was playing. One of my old coaches actually knew his coach, and um, Escobedo has a cousin Eduardo Nava who's also a really good player. But just crazy seeing Ernesto now in the main round of the U.S. Open is shocking. I was. Um, my buddy had told me the other day. There's a, for reference. There's just a there's a big tournament down in San Diego in the juniors Southern California circuit, which is can't remember which one it was. If it was Jim Buck or one of those team events, but I um I had forgotten about this. But I had guess I had played doubles with a girl named mixed doubles with a girl named Anesh Shibahara, who I believe she had a brother who played at UCI, who was a good player as well. But I had just kind of lost track of it, and you know, you, you encounter so many people when you're playing the juniors that you can't remember everyone, and you don't, you know, think to check up on everyone. But she's actually playing in the U.S. Open in the doubles, and is like a top hundred doubles player, which is crazy to me because I remember at the time, um, you know, people were saying, "Oh, you're playing with Anna? She's like an inc- incredible doubles player!" Like, wow. And I remember we won the matches pretty easily, and it's interesting because mixed doubles typically the um, just because of the difference in serves and some things, typically it's harder, you know, the female partner is the one that sometimes isn't necessarily as solid as the men. Just not all the time, obviously, but just as a rule of thumb, typically it's harder for the women to return the men's serve and harder to do more damage against the men. So it's always interesting watching that, but <laughs> in our case, Enna was definitely a better doubles player than me, which was super funny. If anything, I was holding her back. So anyways, it's awesome to just see some familiar names doing so well at such a high level. It's really awesome. And Wish Anna the best of luck in the doubles. It'd be awesome. I saw she's been playing some really good tennis lately. Um, last few Americans we'll go through just to round out the draw. Tennis Sangren plays Joe Wilfried Sanga. Again, this is what I mean, just the dangers of not getting a seed. If you're hurt, you just never know who you're going to play. And Sangren, some of his fellow countrymen, fellow Americans, have much easier draws. Sanga's been hurt, not playing as much, and now he has to take on a guy who's had so much success at this level over the years and you know that one can go either way that's really tough to ask Sangren to pull the upset against Sanga but it's hardcore you like to think he could beat the Frenchman Sanga obviously not playing his best we'll see how that one turns out and then the last two Americans this is actually a fun note to end it on <clears throat> first one is going to be Tiafo versus Ivo Karlovic that is going to be fascinating because Tiafo obviously a match that he can win that'll be Tuesday at 2 p.m. Karlovic I mean he's got to be 40 years old Croatian all he has really is just that bomb of a serve and I say all he has is that bomb of a serve easy for me to say when I'm not stand there trying to return it <laughs> But that should be a good match for Tiafo. I mean, it's tricky because it's not one where you really get to get in your groove. You know, ideally you get a first round matchup with the guy who's just steady, makes a lot of balls, lets you find a groove and get your rhythm that you can win and then get into the second round feeling good. This is not going to be the case for Tiafo in this matchup. He's playing Karlovic. He's going to be seeing huge bombs served at him all game. He's not going to see a guy who returns particularly well and gets into a lot of points. So this is just going to be a match that Tiafo is going to need to try to get by win it and then hit the practice courts hard <clears throat> excuse me uh hit the practice courts hard the next day to really make sure all aspects of his game are clicking if he gets by that matchup but a fun one to watch that'll be tuesday at 2 p.m pulling for tiafo and then finally have to talk about this one tuesday at 5 15 prime time on louis armstrong stadium steve johnson the young american who's been playing so well lately we just talked about his great tournament at winston-salem he gets the 28 seed Nick Kyrgios in his first round. Guys, I cannot, <laughs> I really can't properly express to you how excited I am to watch this. You know, I, I talk to you guys about American tennis and I do love tennis. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been around it so long and it has had such an impact on my life. But it's not every day that a match comes along where I'm like, 
Wow, that is exciting. I am going to record this match and watch it when I get home from work and really gonna like actually research and study this. This is one of those matches that I will be recording and I strongly urge you to watch. Steve Johnson and Nick Kyrgios really can't be much more of a compelling storyline than that. Kyrgios alone, obviously, it brings an intrigue factor, but watching a lot of his matches, I'm just not really as, I mean, you know, you kind of know you're going to get some funny antics, you're going to get some of this, some of that, but from an American tennis perspective, do I really care when he's playing a guy from Spain or France or, you know, wherever it is? No, I don't really care. I mean, I know he's going to do his thing and whatever, but to watch him playing an American player, SoCal player at that, you know, Steve Johnson, who has roots here in the American tennis scene in the Southern California tennis scene and a player who's been playing so well recently This excites me because this is a match that is going to be intriguing Steve Johnson is such a fighter learned at USC to just be so gritty Doesn't drop matches easily and is playing really good tennis. I'm excited for this one I really hope that Kyrgios just doesn't throw in the towel if things start to go south early because this is a match that we the audience and the fans deserve to see played at its full a match that is interesting matchup-wise because, you know, Johnson struggles with that on the backhand side. You know, he's a little bit weaker, and Kyrgios with that big forehand, if he breaks down the backhand of Steve, he could get into some trouble. But Steve, if he hangs in there and just fights till the last point, you know that Kyrgios, all the talent in the world, but is liable to have some mental lapses. So that's one to circle, guys. Tuesday at 5.15, I will be recording it, I will be watching it, and I'll definitely spend some time on the next podcast breaking that down along with all the other matches. But... Lots of good matches there to get to, guys. The U.S. Open is going to be amazing. I'm so excited looking through the draw. It's just going to be incredible. I really hope you guys are excited for it. I hope you get to watch a lot of it now again that we're playing in the U.S. time zone and the matches aren't on at inopportune 3 a.m. time. So enjoy the tennis, guys. I will talk to you again soon. Really excited to break down all the matches that happen. Enjoy the tennis. I will speak to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the American Tennis Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.